Welcome to ICP with We. In the name of bandanas, the dirty south, and yes, still motherfucking black trucks. This is our ongoing examination of the insane clown posse. I'm Eric. And I'm Aaron. And today we're reviewing Psychopathic Rida's 2007 album, Duck the Fuck Down. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. It is Christmas time. It is time for all the winter holidays. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, the others. <laughs> really, what says Christmas more than an album called Duck to Fuck Down? <laughs> Nothing says Christmas more. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, and, and there's a lot of Christmas themes that we're going to get into with this album. I can't wait. Sure. And we're going to tie it into Christmas. Yes, we are. Guys, hello. Welcome back. This is kind of a monumental episode, if you will. I hope you will. Because although this is episode 72, this is technically our 75th overall episode. Wow. 75. Can you believe it? I can. Well, Oh, yeah, because you've been there. Yeah, I was here for all of them. For all of them. Yeah. Understandable. Yeah. You know, I actually was too, believe it or not. I, hey, wouldn't have had it any other way. You know, I don't think I would have it any other way as well. Uh, But 75, that's a, that's a large number. And we're well on our way to the old triple digits. We're, we're going to get there. The trippy digits. Probably in the next you know season, I mean? but we're going to get there. Yeah. That's so we're 25 away. Right. And you know what? We're going to record them all next month. All all of them? <laughs> We're getting to 100 before 2022, baby. <laughs> okay. We're going to record an episode every day. Uh, God. And they're going to be full album reviews, too. <laughs> we're just we're just going to blast through this. Out album reviews. Yeah. All no, right. we're overtaking all of our sick time at work. Yeah. And we're just going to sit in our rooms. And we're just going to talk to each other. It's going to be great, guys. Look forward to that. Disclaimer, we're not actually doing that. You know what? Let's just quit our jobs and do an album a day until we run out of money. I'll probably have to find a job next week, but yeah. Okay. That yeah, sounds sick. pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably have to do um, the same. So. Uh, yeah. No, it's, uh, listen, guys. Living. I don't I don't know if you know this. Okay. I don't, I don't know if this is something you've realized, but. Take it from us, the dirty boys of ICP with we living, just existing is expensive as hell. It is. Uh, if it's, anybody told you differently, sucks. they lied. Yeah, no, it, it, they took a basic human need water and they privatized it. That's true. That's true. And sold it to us. I'm waiting for when they do that for air. Like I have to pay my oxygen bill. 
it's it's coming folks it is and and these hot takes are why you listen to this show that is I, why else would you be here come on you're not here for duck to fuck down no who is there's nobody here for like hell i've been waiting for this one they want to know I'm barely here for they, it they want to know what the fuck we think about privatized water and air yes what are they gonna do, do next privatize your heart beating if they could they would trust me I got to pay my beat bill, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the crazy thing is also the more money you make, the more expensive it gets to live. How does that make sense? Yeah, that makes no sense at all. Like when I first started working, I was like, man, if I could only make a little more money and then like over the years, I'd get a raise at work or I'd get a new job and make a little more money. I don't feel like I'm a whole lot further ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. Uh, I remember I started working. Uh, I was an assistant manager at Vans. Mm-hmm. I was uh, making uh, $13 an hour. And I was like, okay, this is doable. I could, like it, it may if I made a little bit more money, I think I, I think I'd be fine. Uh, I then moved into a career with in construction, mm-hmm. uh, which was a salaried position that pretty much doubled what I made yearly. And you were like rich. You thought you were rich. And I was like, hell yes, I am set for life, baby. Yep. And then two months later, like I somehow have no more money than I had before. (laughs) What the fuck is going on? That's how the world is. You know what we're doing wrong? We need to be doing what the riders are doing and making that dirty money. We, do, I, I mean, I feel like we need to take a page out of the riders book. Yeah. F- forget all this clean money. I want the dirty, dirty. Yeah. The dirty, dirty. Yeah. Speaking of which, we need to talk about that song. But before we do that, I need a few things. One of that is information about this album. We can do that. One of that is your thoughts as well as my own spoken thoughts about the album cover. Okay, we can do that. And then the last thing I need is approximately 11 more your thoughts and my thoughts on songs. We can do from that. From the album. Yeah, all of these things are we can, achievable. Oh, you think we can, okay, these are all achievable. Okay. Yes. Why don't we start... You know what? Let's get a little crazy today. Why don't we start with the information first? Oh, my God. People are not going to know what's happening. They're going to be like, wait a minute. They're going to do information about the album now. Guys, if you're just now tuning in, if you pressed this on your podcast playing device and then scrolled to this point in time and press play, don't freak out. Okay. (laughs) First off, you're okay. If you did that, your head is spinning right now because you're like, they're going to start with info about the album. What's happening? I don't know. Up from down, left from right. We're here. We're experiencing this with you. Okay. (laughs) You're not alone. We're going to hold your hand through this process. Yes. Take a deep breath. You're fine. Get that heart rate down or else your, your beat bill is going to be high this month. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I do. That was a good callback. uh, Oh, thank you. I just imagine uh, like, in October, it's like, damn, my beat bill was high in October. I went to a lot of haunted houses. <laughs> what originally followed was a four-minute tirade about David Letterman. It wasn't particularly funny, 
So be glad I cut it out. Eric, what do we got? What do we need to know about this bad boy? All right. So first thing you need to know is, yes, this is still an ICP podcast. Why are we talking about psychopathic writers? Well, because ICP is in that group. I don't know. Holy shit. uh, Did you know that? Now, you know, they have different names, but it's still them. It's still them. Uh, So this album in the ICP timeline, we're still in the post-deck era, right? We're not in the second deck yet. The first deck ended like three years ago at this point. So this album released just a few months after Eye of the Storm. And then there's a huge drought of no proper ICP albums coming out. But two years before Violent J's The Shining and then Bang Pow Boom came out just after that. So... There was really like stuff going on, but not a lot of ICP action going on. Uh, this album came out on August 9th, 2007. You guessed it during the gathering of the Juggalos. If there, if you're gonna, oh, read, wow. yeah, if you're gonna drop a Riders album, that's the only place you can do it. That sounds about right. Yeah, uh, it's been three years since the last Riders album. Uh, since then, a few things have happened. Uh, Anybody Killer, ABK, and Esham have left Psychopathic Records. And Psychopathic signed this new guy called Boondocks. He's from The Boondocks, the TV show. He was uh, the creator of that TV show called The Boondocks. Oh, how, you know, I, what, a, what a great guy. Yeah, that's how they discovered him. They were like, hey, get us the guy that makes this show. <laughs> yeah, and hey, you know the guy that makes this show? I want him to rap on our label. <laughs> no, that's not how it happened. It's actually, he's a... He's a rapper with a a country hillbilly theme, and I'm pretty sure he's from Atlanta, but I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure he's from Atlanta. We should probably check that. We should have Chuck check us on that. I'm pretty sure, though. Boondocks is from Augusta, Georgia. Anyway, because of these changes, we've got a new Riders lineup. Uh, On this album, we've still got that, that same core five, right? We've got... We've got Twisted, ICP, and Blaze. we got Jamie Madrox as Lil Shank. Monoxide as Fofo. Violent J as Bullet. Shaggy as Full Clip. Blaze as Cell Block. And now the newly added Boondocks as Young Dirt. Which feels like a name that doesn't quite fit with the others. But, okay. Yeah, I, I, was, I was hoping that you had a story behind it. Because I don't fucking get it. No, I, I think... Maybe he just didn't understand the assignment. I'm not sure. Maybe. Okay, the, guys, this is a this is a call out, all right? Everybody, if you have any information as to why Boondocks is Young Dirt, hit us up. People in the Fish and Grits cord, I'm no. talking to you. <laughs> I'm talking to you, all right? <laughs> yeah, well, hey, let us know. And Boondocks, since obviously you're probably listening, uh, if you, you know, have a reason... Hit us up and let us know. Even if it's just, I didn't understand the assignment, you know? Yeah, even if it was like, uh, I fucked up and I kind of had to go with it. I I didn't realize until like after the whole thing was over that I picked a name that didn't really make sense. But whatever. Another interesting thing, and this is just an observation as I was going through this album. Unlike the previous albums, which mostly felt like they were drawing from 80s and 90s, traditional West Coast gangster rap. Of course, there was stuff that came from other eras and things like that. This one, almost all the tracks are taken from Southern rap artists that were popular around the time this album came out. 10 of the 13 are from, 
you know, early to mid 2000s rap artists, which I don't know if that is uh, Boondocks's influence on them going, hey, listen to these tracks. Some of these songs uh, that the beats they took are very obscure or were only small regional, you know, hits and things like that. But it's it, it definitely gives the album a different feel than the previous albums, I would say. Oh, yeah, I would agree. It's you're right. Some of these I was like, what? That very, very, very regional. Hey, remember how the first two Riders albums said all wrongs reserved on them? But then the last one. Oh, boy, did I. Yeah. The last one said copy wrong 2004. All rights ignored. These wacky guys. Well, guess what? This one is back to Joe and Joey Records. All wrongs reserved. Back the way it should be. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Fulfilling the prophecy. Fulfilling the prophecy. Hell yeah. That's what Hell I've got yeah. on this re- this record. I couldn't find a ton of information. I've got that. So that's what Perfect. we've got. I, you know what? I, and that's that's what we needed, honestly. Excellent. Uh, that is what we needed. So with that being said, I guess it's time to do a little uh, review, huh? Yeah. I mean, I again, since we're doing things in a very non-traditional manner, we could change it up by talking about the album cover right now. Oh my goodness. Look, yeah. Okay, guys, calm down. Stop screaming. <laughs> You're in the middle of a goddamn Macy's. <laughs> Get yourself together. Okay. That's a reason to start screaming, but true. You know that uh you ever uh you know that uh sound clip? I feel like it was in like a like I feel like it was in like a Cinemark pre-roll usually around the holidays. It, maybe it was in a uh just a commercial around the holidays of like old school. Well, you can find me any day at Macy's. No, I don't know. You, that. you know what I'm talking about? You do. No. You don't know what I'm. Oh no. my fucking God. I'm going to, uh, I got to figure this out. Nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. When I say that for years, I, I it, there's no way it's just my memory. Oh no, I don't know what you're talking about. This soundbite is from a 2008 commercial for Macy's 150th anniversary. Not from a Cinemark pre-roll. It's a clip from an old movie, but I'm not able to figure out what movie it was. Macy's. Oh, you can find me any day at Macy's. What is Macy's? But I do remember that old, like, uh, I guess it was, like, maybe it was a Cinemark thing. Actually, it was Regal Cinemas. But it had that little Pepsi girl and Jack Palance, and they were doing a, a, a commercial telling people not to smoke in the theater and the little Pepsi girl talked with Jack Palance's voice. All right, folks. Now listen up. As long as we get a few things straight, the next couple of hours will go just fine. There's to be no talking, cussing, or fighting during this show. Don't want to hear no cell phones or beepers. And no smoking! And then at the end, she smiles and she's like, thank you. And like a cute little girl voice. Do you remember that? God, no. No? No, I don't. Weird. Does anybody remember this? Am I crazy? Guys, hit us up in the fish and grits cord. Do you uh, remember? Do you remember the Macy's thing or the Pepsi girl promo from the movies? Or uh, what were we talking about earlier? Oh, why? Uh. <laughs> why boondocks decide to be young, young dirt, dirt. <laughs> yeah let's talk about this uh, album well, cover hey, 
We're going to start with this album cover. Don't freak out. Stop screaming. You're in the middle of a Macy's. You can find me any day there. Uh, Pepsi girl, don't smoke in the theater. Yes. Let's go. I look at this and I think maybe this album cover is the first time they've actually spent any time or money to create a unique cover for a Ridus album. Because normally it's just a picture from Google image search. Although there was that one that had like the, the no limits records kind of cover with the, the shrimp and the black trucks and the champagne. I like that stuff. one a lot. Yeah. That one was pretty good. But this one has a picture of them. This is the first time we've seen a Riders album that has a picture of the Riders, right? Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. So there's all six of them on the cover, but then there's like a second alternate image that looks like you could like make that the uh, the cover if you want. But that one only has five people instead of six, if you count. And I, I don't I don't know why. I can't figure it out. Yeah. Uh, missing. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, they are all kind of covered up, so it's hard to tell. True. No, nonetheless, this album cover front and back actually, to me, finally achieves what I think they're trying to accomplish with this with this group tonally. Right. It almost could have blended in with 90s or early 2000s gangster rap album covers. If you were just in a store in the 90s flipping through CDs, you wouldn't see this one and be like, what the fuck is this? You'd be like, yep, that looks like a Bloods and Crips album cover or something like that. Right. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This very much has that underground rap group feel like it feels like they tried their best to make a cool cover, but it still looks kind of cheap and amateur. And I think that's the difference between like when you watch a good, bad movie that was made with the earnest belief that this is going to be a good movie, but turns out hilariously bad. And then watching a movie that is intentionally made to be bad, but turns out to be boring and stupid because there's no, there's just a different sense of awareness. This cover isn't saying laugh at me. I'm funny. It's saying, look how cool we are. And you're laughing because it's absurd. So for balancing that dynamic, I'm going to give them credit. What are your thoughts? So originally before clicking over to anything else, just looking at this, the, the cover that is, is meant to be, I'm not a fan. Although I agree with every one of your points that you've made, uh, I'm not a fan. And I think it's because the double barrel shotgun looks so goofy and it's such a large part that it just, it has always stood out to me and it has always heavily detracted even seeing this album cover in passing and stuff. But clicking through it, like I love the alternate little cover, like you were saying. Uh, I think the back artwork is phenomenal. Uh, I think the the artwork actually printed on the CD is is super cool. Yeah, because um, it's got like the pattern of a bandana on the CD. It's pretty cool. I like their yeah yeah the way they did their logo, consistent fonts, consistent size. Like it's good. They put some it's time. Good. Into yeah, it. no, it's good. The design is good. I th- I think I just don't like the photo that they chose for the main cover. Oh, I think it's pretty funny because the it, the guns just look. It looks like Looney Tunes. Yes. Almost oh, like absolutely. that double barrel shotgun looks super Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah it's hilarious. But um, also, if you took a double barrel shotgun and you put it up to your face like that, when you fired it, it would fucking blacken your eye and knock you out. Oh, yeah. You get fucked up big yeah, time. Big time fucked up. Uh, guys, don't do that. <laughs> no, this is this is this is studio gangsta moves all day. In fact, don't hold any of your guns the way that they're holding any of their guns. No, probably a bad move. But, I mean, if you're going to be a thug, you have to hold your gun sideways. I mean, you ain't wrong. 
That's how you know when somebody is serious. That's how you know when they're serious, guys. So I guess overall, <laughs> we're serious about this album cover being oh, the most cohesive one yet. Listen for them. Listen, if somebody points a gun at you, they may or may not shoot you. If they turn it sideways, you are fucked. You're getting shot. Yeah, you're, you're fucked. getting shot. <laughs> uh, that's that's like pre pulling the trigger, right? Right. There's like three, there's three settings to a gun. Okay. There's this, there's the safety on, right? There's safety off, but holding it upright. Right. Then there's turned sideways. You tell me which one do you think is going to fuck you the most? There, I'll, I'll tell you what, there's two ways, you know, for sure you're getting shot. Number one, somebody holds a gun sideways at you. Number two, it's held by a cop. Those two ways, you know, you're getting shot. <laughs> Uh, there's also a third way, and that is uh, uh, you look down and there's blood pooling out of you because uh, you've already been shot. Oh, no. Then you don't know. I mean, maybe maybe you know you're getting shot. That's how you know you got shot. I feel like there's a lot of ways to know how you got shot. <laughs> there's really only one way to know how you got shot. <laughs> like, if you to know you if you got th- shot, that's it. You never hear the one that hits you. That's what they what say. You mean you never hear? That's, that's what they say. They say you never hear the one that hits you. That's creepy. I think part of it is because um, the bullet moves much faster than sound, so you probably got hit by the bullet before you heard the the shot. Well, and that's why every time I go anywhere, I put on my AirPods and I put on a 10-hour loop of machine gun fire uh, (laughs) into my ears, and uh, that way I'm always hearing shots, so I'm never going to get shot. Yeah, well, actually, you still might get shot. It's just going to be by a bullet you didn't hear the gunfire from. No, but if I'm always hearing gunfire, I'm never going to get shot. No, it doesn't work that way. You could still hear all kinds of gunfire, but the one you get hit with is the one you won't hear. I didn't. Hey, I didn't make this rule. It says it on the Internet. Okay, we got to We got to figure this out. Guys, hit us up in the fish and grits court. Everybody who's been shot, let us know. Did you hear the, the shot that hit you? Also. Is my strat a solid strat? Because I feel like it is. Is it? It has to be. Guys, let's move on to track number one. I also want to know if my strat is a standard strat. (laughs) Is my strat made in Mexico? (laughs) I'm, I'm not a strat fan, so never mind. That was just a joke. Anyway, let's move on to track number one. What were you saying, Aaron, please? Yes, track number one. This track, the beat was jacked uh, from the song Number One Stunna by Big Timers featuring Juvenile and Lil Wayne. Uh, it was from Louisiana in 2000. So yep. this is one of those Southern rap songs. Eric, what were your thoughts? Yeah, this one's called The Lineup. And for good reason. Oh, I did not say that. Yes. So I just said The it. Lineup. We, hey, we got Thank each you. other. We got each other. I got your back. You got mine. Thank you. I've got your back. I've got your six, soldier. Sure. Yeah. Uh. I don't know, man. I think this intro, because it, it, it is just an intro. I think this is genuinely hilarious. And it's called the lineup because it it's like a, a what do you, I guess you call it a lineup. This is somebody yeah, yeah. Um, a, allegedly behind a, a one-way or a two-way mirror, right? One way? I don't know. It's the one that you're supposed to be able to look through, but the people on the other side can't see you, right? And uh, Yeah, so, so a, one, a two-way mirror would be a window. Right. Well, yeah. So it's a one-way mirror. 
Uh, yes. What I is believe. a normal mirror? A zero-way mirror? I gu- yeah, I guess. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Well, either way, this is a police lineup, right? And you've got this guy that is trying to identify somebody that apparently assaulted or tried to steal from him. Uh, but everything he says, you can hear the people on the other side. He's like, they can't see us, right? And they're like, yes, we can, motherfucker. And it's pretty yeah. funny. And uh, I think, honestly, to me, this intro might be the most clever and funny thing that the Riders have done on any of their albums so far. I think this is a great way to introduce their characters. It's short, to the point, it's entertaining, and it leads seamlessly into the next song. Uh, what did you think? Oh, yeah. So before I even press play, uh, I looked at the name of the song, and I, I knew exactly what it was going to be. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, because uh, I said the lineup. Okay, this is their intro song. This is them introducing themselves. They're going to be doing a police lineup. I'm sure of it. And then I pressed play and I had high expectations because I thought, what an absolutely incredible idea. I didn't know what My was coming. expectations were not disappointed. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say uh, we're not met. I was like, oh, shit. You hate oh, it. Oh, no, no, no. I loved this. Same. I think that you're right. This is 100% one of the most clever things that the, or the most clever, ra- clever rather things that they've done with their characters uh it it was short it was sweet it was really funny the story was really good uh i just love the fact that like the cop the the entire time the police officer is like yeah no you're fine you're fine you're fine they can't and then they're like literally telling them like we fucking we're gonna fucking kill your ass like we we see you like we know where you fucking live and like this guy's like i think they see me and the cop's just like no no you're fine you're fine fine." (laughs) i I think that that i like it was oh my god such a funny little thing i i loved it i loved it same same it's good and then it it really, even though these two songs are from different artists, different albums, different eras, they they put it together in a way that the way that song ends really transitions pretty seamlessly into track two. This one's called Killin' Shit, and the original track that they uh, jacked here is called Put You On The Game, By The Game. Now, The Game is an L.A. rapper, but again, 2005, so around the same time as this. What were your thoughts about Killin' Shit? I like the beat choice. Uh, if I can be honest, like this, that, like that type of beat, like the Southern and even like the type of beat that they used for the lineup, the Southern early two thousands. I mean, I grew up in the South and I was listening to the popular like rap music with my friends in the early two thousands. So like all these beats are very, comforting to me if even if i don't know what the original song is just the style of the beats are comfort comforting to me yeah you know yeah i get that i'm i'm i really enjoy this beat choice and you're gonna hear me say that a lot this album okay but uh i yeah i think the beat choice was was amazing uh this is just a song about them fucking killing it's it's a classic ride a song about them being violent right and I think it's a great song to go right into from that intro. I think that you're right. It's fused into each other seamlessly. And uh, I think this is the, the, the correct song to put here for sure. I think boondocks is assimilating very well. Uh, he killed it on his verse. He knew what the assignment was, you know, yeah. 
we've talked about super groups having members come in in the past and not know what the fuck to do and nobody like saying hey i don't know if you've caught like picked up on this but like this is like a kind of character you know what i mean he understood the assignment he uh he he did it he did what he needed to do he did it well jay actually right after boondocks's verse jay had a line that i thought was so fucking great keep your eyes on my death toll oh shit you're going dizzy who is he the one that keeps the coroners busy and i was like damn dude that's pretty like the one keeping the coroner like the keeping the coroners busy like that line was like oh fuck that that shit was hard yeah that's pretty Um, good but yeah no i i really really enjoyed this song what what were your thoughts i had some similar thoughts i think this is a good first track out of that intro and I've said this before, but they're a very talented group of MCs. They all sound good on this song and on the album in general. And this song is kind of about nothing, just tough guy, gang-related stuff flexing, right? But as a first track out of that intro, I think this really works well. I think if you're going to put this song on the album anywhere else, it would get lost and you'd be like, whatever. But here, I think it works pretty well. Uh, one of the things that I liked at the end, Jay kind of does this little spoken outro, but he works the name of all the Riders albums into it. And I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, oh, good. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have a lot to say about this song because there wasn't a ton of standout stuff in it. But as far as just like a, a hard, like, here's what Riders is about first track out of that intro. I actually really thought this was pretty good. Yeah, I think uh, I think I would agree with you. I mean, I feel like if they put this song because this song is about absolutely nothing. Right. Uh, just talking about killing and being, you know, tough. If they would have put this song even then track three, I feel like I probably wouldn't have as much to say about it. Uh, I think that, you know, I think it, you're right. It would get lost anywhere else in this album. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely put it in the right spot. Well, hey, let's move on to the next one then, huh? How about it? Let's do it. All right. Track number three. Guys, we're finally addressing it. <laughs> Black Trucks is the name. Uh, the beat was ripped off by a song called Bing Bing Bam Bam by Two Gutta or Gutta Girls. Uh, but this is from Louisiana in 2006, so around that same time. Uh, and Eric, you were kind enough to link a YouTube video <laughs> of the original song. I I was kind enough to watch it uh, and listen to it. <laughs> Have you ever heard it? Have you heard this song? I had not heard this song before. No, no. In Uh, researching it and trying to figure out who it was by, uh, it seems that this is a a very not even regional. This was a very local hit, Uh, and the people that know it know it like anybody knows a big radio song from comments on the internet and stuff. Uh, And it seems like oh yeah, I was uh, I was reading the comments on the YouTube video, and I was like, there's people that like. This was their high school anthem? I've yeah. never fucking heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very local. But it does, and I'm going to make a really inept comparison here, but sort of the way Peanut Butter Jelly Time was like an absurd but catchy 
song, this has that vibe. This bing, bing, bam, bam. Like, I get, oh, yeah, yeah. I get how it could be catchy. And if, if radio had caught hold of it, uh, I think around that time it could have been a lot bigger. But this was a really odd pick for them because it feels so local and maybe regional, but I've never heard of this. Yeah, this, this is a strange choice I'll, yeah. I, I want i want i want to hear your thoughts on this on this song but this i i had to get we had to discuss the original song up top i feel like because yeah. this was you're right this is a bizarre choice uh and although it's catchy i just i was like nobody who is who is this one for right like which which what are the who are the ju- guys if if you were were a juggalo back in these days and you got this i want to know is there a juggalo out there that got this and thought yo they jacked bing bing bam bam by two gutta yeah or did it just pass everybody like i want to know i please i want to know if like eric I, and i can't be the ones missing out right uh, yeah i had the thought here that i'd be willing to bet that this version of the song, this black trucks using this beat probably has gotten more attention and exposure and listens than the original version of the song did. You think Uh, maybe, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I mean, you, you sent me a YouTube link, so I'm assuming it's not on streaming services. Is it? I I don't know. Check. I don't think so. Let's check. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to check. I'm, I'm very curious now. It could be under two gutta or gutta girls because I saw them. I saw it listed as as both um, for this song and for some of the releases. So, Gutta Girls Volume One. They only have one album on Spotify. It's okay. from 2011. It's Gutta Girls Volume One. That song is not on it, but oh. they do have the song "Money on That Dick." <laughs> <laughs> uh how how many plays oh, do God, their songs have? Song- Oh God! In a song called "That's My Juvie," uh oh, uh oh, uh, and that one has a hundred and four thousand plays. Uh, well, okay. I mean, uh, I mean, they okay. So, money on that dick has like twenty eight thousand plays. Uh, they're they're sitting in like the thirty to fifty uh, thousand, and then that one just has a shit ton of plays for some reason. Yeah, it's maybe seven minutes long. What the fuck? There's they have, a lot. Uh, Three thousand two hundred twenty three monthly listeners. And they all are from whatever town in Louisiana they're from. Where are their listeners from? What are their top cities? Houston is the top city. Uh, That doesn't shock me. Houston is practically Louisiana. I don't. uh, Dallas is next. Really? That's yeah. With two hundred ninety-one listeners, Atlanta, New Orleans, and then uh, Baton Rouge. Uh, New Orleans and Baton Rouge makes sense, but yeah. But they're the bottom two. It's weird. Interesting. Oh, hold on. Here's uh, Magnolia Shorty just on her own. Doesn't even have a profile uh, picture, but uh, she's apparently pretty popular because she has 11,299 monthly listeners. What? Oh, uh, 1,146 from Houston, 923 from Dallas. I'm going to guess that she lives or they live in Houston now. Possibly. Uh, well, listener. If you've never heard the song Bing Bing Bam Bam by Two Gutta or the Gutta Girls, uh, go on YouTube and look it up and listen to it 
and leave a comment and say, I, I never heard this song until just now. ICP with We brought me here. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Weird. Okay, I'm getting out of this because I, I this is going to throw me down such a hole. All right, Black Trucks. Eric, what are your thoughts? Yeah, man, I got to say, I'm glad they have not let go of the Black Trucks thing. At this point, now it's it's part of their DNA. It's part of the fabric of what is psychopathic riders, right? Black Trucks. It's just a thing. So I'm glad that they finally just made a song called Black Trucks. At the same time, I'm like, it's still Black Trucks, huh? You're like, I'm kind of on both sides of that fence. I want to talk about Boondocks for a moment here because Boondocks starts this one off. And I think that he is an adequate rapper. But in this format, I find him to be pretty generic, which works against him and, and for him. Because all of the other MCs in this group have such unique styles and voices that when you put in Boondocks minus his country gimmick, he's just kind of a serviceable rapper. And that's the only thing that makes him stand out is that he is not the other people in the group. You know what I mean? And I, I don't mean oh, that right. as I don't mean that necessarily as a diss to him, but I think it's got to be hard to hold your own next to ICP Twisted and Blaze. I, I don't think that he detracts from the group, but I also don't think his addition to the group adds anything particularly unique or interesting. He's just kind of the other guy that's on the songs, in my opinion. Uh, overall, I think this song is okay, and maybe even kind of high-level funny or smirky, because if you've been listening all along, uh, a song just straight-up called Black Trucks is, you know, sort of fan service and kind of funny. I don't have a lot of other notes on it. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, to talk about the boondocks thing, uh, what I have in my notes here is um, intermission verse for all the like, like I, I his verse have been ser- verses kind of serve as intermissions of like, uh, you've got this really hard, uh, you know, rapper with great flows with a unique voice. And then you put in boondocks. Uh, cleanse the palate uh, for in here a good verse yeah, uh, with good flows and great writing and articulation and all that uh, but then you get to then you get to another very unique like voice style rapper with very unique flows and uh, unique style because uh, you're right he, he he doesn't necessarily stand out but his lack of standing out sort of makes him a great fit yeah uh, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Uh, but okay, so as for my notes, uh, outside of that, because uh, I, th- I think that his, uh, Boondocks had a fine verse, uh, but once we got to verse two, which was Jamie's uh, verse, Madrox's verse, that's when I was like, all right, hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, Madrox uh, is always like, seriously, just it kills every verse every time. That's oh, just yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think the chorus. Uh, is a little cheesy, but it was also pretty catchy, and and you're right, kind of like tongue in cheek fan servicey, but but fun. Uh, I think it was fine. Also, I want to know what a smart bus is because it comes up in the second chorus. I think smart is it's something maybe like Saginaw Metropolitan Transit Authority or something. Ah, uh, you is that so? I okay, think so. That'd be. I, I just pictured it like a smart car, and I'm like, I don't think they've made smart buses yet. No, 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 no. I don't think it's that. I think it's it's like in Dallas, you've got the Dart, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. No, that uh, 
That makes sense, though. That makes sense. Uh, Smart is Southeast Michigan since 1967. So they they have reliable and safe transportation for Macomb, Oakland, and Wayne counties. So look at that. There you go. There's the answer. Well, I appreciate the info. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so I, so I, okay. So, and then also in that same chorus, uh, they talk about, uh, never see me getting towed, which I was like, Hmm, that means like, what, what do they do when they get a tire blowout? Like what, what are they, are they stranded? Do they live there now? But then, but then we get onto, uh, monoxide's verse where he starts out saying that, uh, his windshield's cracked and two le- uh, his two left tires are both sitting on flat. And I thought, okay, no, these trucks are just pieces of shit. They just don't care about if they get a tire blowout, they'll just keep going. <laughs> but yeah, no, nothing. Uh, I mean, I think this song is good. I, uh, I think that overwhelmingly they killed their verses. They did something very different with this beat than the original artist did. Uh, and I think they, I think they did it better. I there you go. Psychopathic Riders did it better. Well, hey, let's move on to the next song. Um, so they pull up in their black trucks. The first thing you're going to notice when they get out is all of their, that's right, bandanas, uh, which uh, the beat is originally taken from uh, Why We Thugs by Ice Cube from L.A. in the 2006, uh, the year of 2006. Yeah, this is one of the few songs that is not a Southern rapper but uh of course you're going to be pulling ice cube because that's one of their favorites right and i love that they have the songs black trucks and bandanas back to back back to back yeah i like that four tracks in even if you've never heard a riders album before you know what they're about you know what i'm saying oh yeah uh i don't think i've ever heard the original ice cube song that they stole this beat from but it's such a generic mid-2000s rap beat it makes me feel like i've heard it before like, I don't think I know this song, but I, this this may not resonate with everybody, this comparison, but like uh, late 90s, early 2000s wrestling fans, I think are going to understand what I'm talking about. But this feels like when you have a WWE wrestler and they're choosing their intro music and WWE is like, okay, what, what kind of music do you want? And they're like, I want the song In the Club by 50 Cent. And WWE is like, cool, we're not paying for the rights, but we will pay somebody to make a song that kind of generically sounds like that. And that's what this sounds like to me. I could hear, yeah. Yeah. The song itself, another song about one of the flagship Riders gimmicks, right? You can see it on the cover of that album. They are covered in bandanas on their head, on their face, around their arms, around their legs. They've got all the bandanas going. Uh, they they're not they're not claiming loyalty to any any color or any style. They wear every kind of bandana. You give them a bandana, they're gonna wear it. Uh, I think this song is fine. I think four tracks in somehow I don't know how they've managed this, but we're four tracks into a Riders album. I'm not completely bored with it yet because they're doing funny stuff. But what were your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I am not bored with it yet either because this stuff is, has been pretty funny so far. Uh, I, I really like this song. I thought this song was really fun. Um, yeah, they, they're saying, Hey, it does not matter what color the bandana is. I will wear it. Um, and I think I think in Jay's verse, 
maybe I can't remember whose verse, but they're talking about having like uh, one on the face, one on the waistband, and then uh, one more to wipe, the, like, I guess in their pockets to wipe the fingerprints off of the AK. Sure. Well, you got, yeah, got, you got to do that. Uh, I can't remember. Yeah. So I'm like, man, these guys are carrying around three bandanas when they're rolling out of these black trucks. They got even more uh, than three. I, so I think as far as this beat goes, uh, I think that when I said earlier, this is the type of beat that like this style in this era of, of rap is something that I grew up with heavily. This beat just felt like a comfort blanket to me. And I, I think I agree with you. I don't even think I've heard the original song. Right. It just felt so generically that. Right. Right. That it like it just wrapped me up and just snuggled me. You know what I mean? So I like I liked the beat. I liked what they were doing with it. But also I guess there's a line about if you drop your bandana, you get like you get killed. You no, you don't drop your bandana. No, no, no. It's like uh don't let your American flag touch the ground. Kind of same thing. I'm Except for sure. instead of burning the flag, y- you get killed. Right. Well, I mean, if you touch if your American flag touches the ground, I'm pretty sure it's a death sentence in the United States. Oh, probably. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, I think uh last thing is there there's one line uh saying um leave a hole in your kangol. Kangol hat, I think that was funny. Yeah, because it's a uh, hat with a kangaroo on it. Hell yeah. Yeah. This song this song was was good. Okay. I liked it. I wasn't uh I'm not bored yet, but check in with me in a couple songs. Yeah. Uh, same. Same. I, I think they're doing an interesting thing here, right? Introduce everybody with the first track, tell you what we're about, shooting people with the second track, continue to establish who we are, black trucks, bandanas. We're moving into track five. It's the title track of the album. This one is called duck the fuck down and uh it they this is the first song of three in a row that are all sort of connected artist wise they're all from the same era um from the same year so this song the original beat is from everybody know me by boys in the hood atlanta 2007 we'll pick up and, and explain how they all connect together as we go but what did you think of this song i loved it when it kicked in first of all the chorus is inc- I love this chorus. Mm. Uh, I think this chorus is fucking great. Uh, when we ride, whoop, whoop, it's like an air raid. Oh, shit. It's it's sick. I love it. I, it's super catchy. I could see that in a live setting and like see people going fucking wild during the hook. Um, and so it starts off with the hook. I think uh, the verses are super solid. They did a, a great thing with this with this song. I mean... This song is about like, hey, duck, because we're like, we're coming up. Like, if you see us coming up, you better duck the fuck down. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just an, a, it's another song that's just about being hard. I just I think that they did a, uh, really well with this beat. All of their flows were super solid. I forgot who said it, but um, when your body goes dead and your draws, you dumped. <laughs> um, no, thanks. <laughs> We could probably leave that out. Hey, that, hey they're just talking the truth. <laughs> You're right. They're just talking the truth. But uh, yeah, no, I, I really like this song. I really enjoyed it. Everybody, everybody did a, a very solid job. The hook is incredible. They worked with the beat well. Talking about poop. What are your thoughts? Man, I thought this was a sick beat. 
I, I really like the way this this track sounds. I think this is a really good title track for the album. I mean, yes, oh, yeah. it's a song about nothing, just generic gang-related stuff, shooting people and doing drive-bys and whatnot, but it works really well here because they feel re-energized on a track like this, whereas I really felt like most of the last album, they were just going through the motions, and it, it, it I felt bored because I felt like they kind of didn't have any ambition to keep doing this, uh, but this song feels like there's some energy in it, some excitement in it. And it, it's a good sounding track. Uh, I, you, you brought up that line on the hook when we ride, it's like an air raid. And that line really bothered me because I was like, in what way? Can their black trucks fly? Are they dropping <laughs> bombs from their black trucks? Are they shooting up in the air at the correct angle so that the bullets are falling back down on you? I don't Ooh. understand it. But if you don't think about it, it just kind of sounds hard. Yeah, and and I chose to just not think about it. Is <laughs> definitely, definitely the yeah. right thing. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, hey, if if you got nothing else, let's let's go ahead and move on to the next song. Uh, and Eric was right. These th- this is the second song that's of the same era and style and uh, city and year. Um, so this song is called "Somebody's Getting Shot." Uh, it is originally the beat is uh, "White Girl." by USDA from Atlanta in 2007. Uh, so apparently uh, United Street's Dope Boys of America featuring Jeezy, who actually used to be in Boys in the Hood, yeah. who was the artist on the last song. Basically, it seems like Jeezy leaves Boys in the Hood to do United Street Dope Boys of America. So you got, you've got Boys in the Hood on the last track. You've got USDA on this track. And the next one also kind of plays into that and we'll talk about that in a minute hell yeah uh eric what, what were your thoughts on somebody's getting shot first off i want to talk quickly about white girl by usda i wish i had heard this song when it came out i'm gonna admit i didn't but have i ever told uh, the party with white girl story on this podcast i don't think you have no all right so probably two years ago i'm hanging out with my friend who's from la and he's telling me this story he's like so I'm, I'm, I'm riding my bike down the road and I see this guy with a flat tire struggling to change it. And he's like, so I stopped to help him. And this guy was so thankful. And he was like, man, I I wish I had a way to thank you. Like I I cut hair. You want a haircut? Come by. And he was like, no, no, it's cool. It's cool. I I can do this. You want that? You know, I'll I'll hook you up. And he was like, no, dude, it's cool. I'm just, you know, I just saw you and, and, and wanted to help you. You don't need to do anything for me. And he's like, well, Hey man, you party with white girls? And he was like, my friend goes, well, I mean, my wife is white, so I I guess so. And he's like, nah, man, you party with white girls. I got some in the back seat. And he's like, looks in the, he's like, there's nobody in the back of the car. This dude was talking about cocaine. And he's like, I have never heard somebody oh. say party with white girls. And I've never heard this either. Uh, we thought it was hilarious. But then I heard this fucking song. And wouldn't you know, it's called White Girl, and it's totally about selling cocaine. The funny thing in the hook, though, is that they say white girl, and then they say Christina Aguilera, as if she is the definitive white girl out there. <laughs> like, when, you think of, when you think white, that's who you think of. Hey, 2007, baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That is so strange. I've never heard cocaine be referred to as white girl either. No. 
Uh, that's that's new I've been referred. I've heard it like being referred to as like white, but not white girl. Well, here we go. Now we both know. Now everybody else knows. So if somebody asks if you party with white girls, now you know. Now you know. All right. Let's get into uh, somebody's getting shot here. Let's uh, do it. Feels what like you got? this is the I don't want to say it's the logical next song after Duck to Fuck Down because Duck to Fuck Down was about somebody getting shot. So so is this one. I notice when Boondock shoots you, this is just everybody doing a verse talking about shooting people. And when Boondock shoots you, you're going to need an orthodontist. I want to know how he is shooting you that you're going to need braces afterwards because that's what an orthodontist does. Like, Yeah, true. You know, I had that line uh, written down as well. Because I thought, I think you'd need like a a mouth surgeon. Yeah, you'd need a what, like a maxillofacial surgeon or whatever. I mean, you can you can go to your local orthodontistry and uh, the orthodontist will be like, I don't know what to do with the Go to a hospital. You what got the shot fuck? Why in the are fucking you here? face. You shouldn't. I can't why, help why you. Why the fuck are you here? There's yeah. kids here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do braces. You need to go to the emergency room. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, this song is exactly what the title indicates. Verse after verse, talking about shooting people. Jay has a special kind of stupid line. He says, if she sucks a mean dick, it's because she sucks a lot of cock, which sounds stupid. But also, I kind of get what he's getting at there. Kind of makes sense. Uh, okay, so I have that line written down as well. And I have to, I have to ask, why does he say that negatively? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, listen, just like any other skill you put, they say you put 10,000 hours into something and you're an expert at it. I think the, if a girl's got her 10,000 hours in sucking dick, I I would want to get my dick sucked by that person. But that sounds like a fantastic experience, right? Right. The implication here is that she didn't spend 10,000 hours sucking a dick. She spent 10,000 hours sucking different dicks every time. And I think that's viewed as a negative in this regard. And he's kind of like, uh, it's it's like that MC Ren song, The Bitch is a Hoe, I Just Thought I'd Let You Know. I think that's what he's trying to get at here. He's trying to say, hey, if she sucks a mean dick, you should be worried because she's probably sucked a lot of dicks. I don't know if that makes a difference, honestly. Whatever. If Can, can I be honest? If, if you said, okay... I have two girls here and one of them is going to suck your dick. Okay. One of them have, has sucked one dick for 10,000 hours. And the other one has sucked 10,000 dicks for one hour each. (laughs) That's still a long time, but yes, I'm with you for the sake of math. Is that the same, right? 10,000 hours, 10,000 dicks, one hour each. Yeah. So they've each had their, they're each considered experts in that saying. Sure. Right. Sure. They've had their 10,000 hours in. I would probably pick the one that that sucked 10,000 dicks for one hour each. Just be, because of the breadth of experience there. The breadth. Of, yeah, you, she's well-rounded, right? Right. Whereas sure. the other one, like, she's she's really good at sucking this one guy's dick. I'm fucking. Yeah, why, did why, I, we <laughs> why did I picture what you said? Sucked one dick for 10,000 hours. Like, it being, like, whittled down to almost nothing. Like, if you sucked a lollipop for a long time. It's like- it's like a Tootsie Pop. <laughs> There's just nothing the left. The girl is Mr. Owl, and he's finally getting to the fucking bottom of this. Uh, I'm glad we figured this out. Anyway, uh, I think yeah. the hook on this track is pretty weak. Is it weird that at this point in the album, I'm listening to the song, and my brain went, 
have I heard a Monoxide verse on any of these tracks so far? Like, my brain's going, I'm sure he's on some of these tracks. I, I listened to this album a couple of times, but for some reason, he feels like he's not very present on these songs. Uh, anyway, those were my thoughts on this song. I'm so glad we we really uh, got into that. But what were your thoughts? You know, I've I hit most of my talking points in the dick sucking conversation. Oh, good. But uh, I, yeah, I really like the beat choice. Of course, you know it's it's tied into. You're right, like the the last beat, and I like that one. So why not like this one? This actually, this song actually, even though I had a lot to say about one line in the song. Yes, this song is officially where they're starting to lose me because this song is just the same, the same, the same. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and coming after Duck the Fuck Down is hard because that song is fucking great. And and that song was like, I feel like everything built up to that song, yes. the intro, the killing shit, black trucks, bandanas, everything I feel like led up to Duck the Fuck Down and everything after Duck the Fuck Down, save a few. Yeah, I, I don't want to get into that too much, but yeah, it's a lot of the same. And it's, it's, it's like, okay, why are we still here? I kept thinking, I kept having the same thought. I, there kept being points where I'm like, I think I'm bored with this album. But then when that would happen, something else would happen that got my attention again. And I realized there's not a point necessarily where I got bored with this album. But there were songs that just felt unnecessary and uninspired. And I would get bored with those and go, I don't need these. Right. And this is one of those tracks. Oh, yeah. This is definitely one of those tracks this song exists yes and uh and again what what we what you were kind of saying about uh monoxide i didn't quite think of that but after you said that i kind of thought back and i was like man dang he kind of he kind of wasn't really that present as present as he normally is um some of it might be in the mix of the album or what they're doing but there's nobody that feels super prominent for some reason none of them stand out when you think back even just six songs in, do you think back and go, oh, yeah, I can picture Shaggy's verses or they really stood out or I can picture like it, even Blaze, who has the arguably the most unique tone and voice, doesn't stand out big time on this album. Now, none of it is particularly bad, but it also there's something about it that just doesn't feel like their Seems personality shine through, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, you're right. Well, let's move on to track seven. Uh, This one is the third in this series. Okay, so the original beat was from a song called Coffee Shop by Young Jock and Gorilla Zoe, another 2007 Atlanta track. But here's the cool thing. So, Boys in the Hood. Jeezy leaves Boys in the Hood to do USDA. So that's uh, tracks five and six. Gorilla Zoe replaces Jeezy in Boys in the Hood. So that's this song. Five, six, seven, all connected in that way. At the beginning of the coffee shop video, you can literally hear the beat for Duck Duck Fuck Down playing in their car. Also, the original song, again, I was not familiar with it. I don't know how this wasn't a big hit. But uh, I want to know, did you watch the original video, listen to the song? And and also, what are your thoughts on My Little Ridas, this, this song, track seven? 
Um, I did. I did watch the video. Uh, like you said, it is hilarious. This video also felt a little nostalgic to me because yeah. this. I mean, this is the era of rap that I grew like that. Like I was in middle school and high school with like the prominent years of me listening to popular rap music, you know? Yeah. And so the, the video, the imagery, the song, everything it's, it just seemed, even though this is the first time I've ever seen this video, extremely familiar to me. Same, you know, the clothing, the sets, the everything. It's great. It's great. The song, my little ride is, I don't really have too much to say about it. Uh, it's a song about young gangsters, like y- young gangsters. It's Lil L L I L apostrophe. Um, and I kept uh, I kept imagining and picturing them shooting a music video for this song, a la like Muppet Babies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, that's funny. I would love to see that. But uh, and that's all I was picturing the entire time listening to the song every time I've listened to it. Um, But I I mean, I think the flows are fine. They work with the beat. Well, there's nothing inherently bad about this song. Uh, I just think it's very boring. And this is one of those songs that I got bored uh, with. Oh, man. See, I felt very differently about it. I think that this beat immediately, the beat itself is pretty memorable and fun right from the jump. And it's definitely different. Yes. It, it's a, it's That's a necessary sure. change up. You needed this change up after what we've listened to, even though it still feels like that era of music, this is an, a, a sort of playful beat. And that's kind of cool to hear here. I also really liked the concept of the song. I thought it was fun and interesting and kind of different for them. Right. And this is the kind of stuff I'm looking for. Don't just keep giving me songs where you're like, look, uh, we don't know what to do, so just talk about doing gang-related things. This is kind of a song where they are looking at these young kids and going, "Holy shit! How are how are these these kids, these young kids, gangsters and thugs and stuff?" You know. And I think that the hook is is fun, and there's a certain level of legitimate, real social commentary. This is one of those tracks, and I've said it on previous Riders albums. This is one of those tracks that. I think would work just fine on an actual ICP album with a few little tweaks that they could, they could be talking about, look at these fucking kids trying to act like thugs and gangsters. Like it works. I could see that. Yeah. 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 So again, I like this song. I think it's uh, a different idea. It's not just the same thing, but it still pulls and draws from that same core concept of what Riders is about. I also think this is probably Boondocks' best track for me so far. Uh, but yeah, I oh, thought, you think so? Yeah, I thought this was a cool track. I liked it. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, personally, yeah, just I guess differing tastes. I guess I don't. Know, I mean, yeah, it was fine. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next song. Uh, this song is called Mashin, and the original beat is uh, "Back That As Up." Uh, by Juvenile featuring Manny Fresh and Lil Wayne from Louisiana in 1999. Thoughts? This is the oldest beat on the album uh, from what I can tell. I'm pretty sure there's nothing before this. But also, it's the highest profile beat. Everybody knows this the second they hear it. I think it's hilarious that they used it. I think they sound great on it, but I'm going to admit, 
I can hear the original song in my head the whole time I'm listening to it. It's very difficult for me to separate what they're doing and what the original song was from this beat. Like it just, it's still, it's still back that ass up. With that said, I'm going to give them credit once again for taking such a well-known iconic song and doing something different enough with it. Uh, One of the standout lines to me is hilarious that Boondocks basically says Motley Crue is the heaviest metal. And I think that's awesome and (laughs) stupid. Um, I don't know if I understand after listening to the song what mashing means. It feels like just a generic term for we're doing what we're doing. I, I guess driving or driving fast or grinding. I don't know. I don't know. I'm. This is my ignorance. But I also don't think mashing is a particularly evenly distributed term that ha- has come up through the scene I- into the rest of the world. I just don't know mashing very well. That's that's not a that's not a term I'm familiar with. But what were your thoughts on track eight mashing? Not too familiar with it as well. Also, my thoughts are as followed. It is very ambitious to take this beat and try and do something interesting enough to where people listening to this song aren't going to just hear the original song the entire time. Yeah. Because that's what you you just said you did. And the three times I've listened to this song, that's exactly what I did. There's, I mean, they did a fine job with the beat. It's fine, but I just, I could, the the fact that it's such a popularized song and I could not get the original song out of my head while listening to this song ruins the song for me and makes this song very forgettable because they just didn't execute this well enough for me to be interested in it. Does that make sense? Yeah. To make your version work and stand out, you need to come with it so hard that you need to build a hook that is more catchy than the original song. Like their verses and flows. Great. The hook. Oh yeah. Fine. But when you put it to this beat, I'm like, uh, yeah, but I know what it's supposed to be. And yours, yours does not overtake in my memory banks. What's already there. So it's okay. Yeah, yeah, um, it was okay. I uh, agree. All right, well, let's move on to track nine. This one, to me, I think this is another very regional, very local, maybe, uh, relatively unknown artist. The original beat is taken from a song called Caprice Music by an artist called Tum Tum, who is from Highland Village in Dallas. Uh, the, The track was released in 2006. This one's called Night Riders. What are your thoughts? Incredibly regional to the point where I'm not even super familiar with this song. Yeah. I wonder um, if he got his name for Did you ever see that movie when we were kids? We used to watch Three Ninjas all the time. And there was like Tum Tum and Rocky and Colt. Oh, yeah. Man, I haven't watched that in probably 20 years. Same. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. And you know what? Now that it's mentioned on this podcast, we can watch it in Discord if we want. Let's watch um, it today. No, let's not watch it. Let's today. watch it right now. Guys, everybody pause. Go watch Three Ninjas. <laughs> come back. We should run. We should hide. We should kick their butts. Look out. So this song, this beat is definitely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very low key. 
um, it, it coming out of Mashin, it breaks up what this album is, and I think that's the I that was the idea for this song. I, I I think that was what this song was meant to do, and why they picked this beat. And I'm glad for it because even though it should have happened probably a few songs sooner than this, it calms you down a little bit. It lowers that beat, Bill. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, bring um, it down because it's low key. Uh, they have very solid flows. The beat is really cool. The song, although, doesn't have a lot of meat to it, and there's not not really much that stood out to me specifically with it. Uh, it was just kind of there, but it was a palate cleanser in order, to, and and a, a very well made palate cleanser too. I liked this song. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a palate cleanser. They did a great job cleansing my palate. And then, you know, we'll go on to uh, be yeah. more of the same, but we'll get to that later. Eric, what were your thoughts? I would agree that this is this is a change up and a much needed change up. I also think My Little Rida's changed up beats and tone enough with that sort of fun feeling and, and stuff. And I think they need to have these types of tracks sprinkled in. Now, this one, you're right brings it way down this beat kind of reminded me of the whisper song you know the the way you see my dick that song um yeah i think the title is clever night riders like the tv show night rider that's funny and i think this song succeeds because of two things number one they used a very different beat and changed the tone of it while still feeling like it fits with the landscape of the music but they have Sugar Slam uh, singing on the hook, and it adds some very necessary interest because if it had been just one of those things, if it had not been a change up in the beat plus Sugar Slam singing on the hook, I think uh-huh. this song could get boring. Her her singing has a very underground rap feel. There's something that feels unpolished about it, but it works. And it, it all of those two things go together to make this a very necessary change up for the album. It's still about generic gang stuff, but at least it sounds different than the other songs. And it, it also forces them to change their flows to match this beat a bit. Uh, also, I caught a monoxide verse on this song and my brain went, is this the first one? And I know it isn't. But again, I just feel like everybody just kind of blends together on this album and it's easy to forget what you've already heard but this song brings you out of it and makes you go oh this is something different so those are my thoughts correct well hey why don't we move on okay uh, let's go and bust back into the uh original sound that they're going for and go to track 10 bust back uh which the uh original beat is bad intentions uh by dr dre featuring nocturnal uh from la in 2001 we had we had Dr. Dre and Nocturnal Beats on the last Rida's album. And it's funny because I I had previous to that, I was not aware with Nocturnal. But apparently it was Dr. Dre was trying to make Nocturnal the next thing. And I don't think it really worked. But here we go. Here's another Nocturnal track. When this beat first starts, every time I've heard it, my brain goes, oh, this is Closer by Nine Inch Nails. And then, and then the heat, the beat kicks in and it's this like hippie flute thing that totally sucks. I just don't like it. I, this is another very generic song. 
If somebody if somebody shoots it, you shoot back. That's what this is about. It's just general gang stuff. Uh, again, I caught another Monoxide verse, so I'm starting to catch them. I thought Shaggy was pretty good on this track. I, I know I don't have a lot to say about it. There's nothing wrong with it, but to me, this one's pretty boring. This is a lot more of what we've heard from Riders before. This is a lot more of the stuff that I was bored with on the last album. But what were your thoughts? A lot of the same. Uh, I called this beat interesting. In reality, it's fucking weird. But um, I have in my phone all caps. I'm so sick of this. Please change it up. Yes. Starting to get mad. But uh, no, I mean, there's nothing inherently like, oh, this song fucking sucks. It's like, okay, we're 15 seconds into the song. I get the point. I get what you're trying to say. Let's move on. I'm, I'm bored of this. Let's go. Let's let's get to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the same that we've heard from the writers since we've started listening to the writers. I, you know, it's funny because as I listen to songs like this, I keep trying to ask myself, I keep going, if I was just listening to a legitimate artist that made this kind of music, would I complain that it was getting boring? Or would I say, nope, this is what they do. Uh, I judge the song for what it is. Uh, am I just judging it this way because I know what all of these other artists are capable of and the kind of stuff they do? I personally would get bored with it either way, but I still haven't come to a conclusion on whether I think that I'm judging them differently because I know what they do outside of this group. Uh, but I, I definitely like, I have very little patience for songs like this that really just aren't saying or doing anything interesting or different. That's an interesting point. I feel like kind of like what you said, I feel like I'd get bored either way. If I knew who these people were in their own personal groups and what they do outside of this or not, I feel like I feel like if I had no clue who ICP was, who Twisted was, Blaze, fucking Boondocks, anybody, if I if I didn't know who any of them were and I listened to this, I would say this is a lot of the same. This is a lot of the same stuff. They're doing a lot of the same stuff. So I don't know. I feel like my thoughts wouldn't change, but. Interesting point. Interesting yeah. to think about. All right. Well, let's um, let's move on to track 11 then. What do you say? Hey, let's do it. This one, this one is called Sound the Alarm. The original beat is taken from a song called Freeze by Young Cash. Uh, this song is, is out of the Florida area, and it was released in 2005. This is another one I'm not super familiar with. Must be more of a, a regional thing. But what were your thoughts on it? I like the beat. They had solid flows. Chorus is pretty good. Uh, this, this is, a, this is, this is just the same. The same type of subject matter, the same type of flows. Forgettable. I have, I'm desperate for something, uh, an interesting story, an interesting take on this sort of gang life, the tough life, or don't give me this song at all. I don't really need it. You've done you've done better songs mm. about stuff like this, so don't give me the song that's not as good, right? Uh, I I might you disagree know. on this song on one level, and here's why. Uh, I think that even though this is more of the same, undeniably, 
they do some interesting things here that get your attention because I think they put a catchy hook in with the, the sort of like gang vocal sound, the alarms and then the, woo, 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 you know, that stuff in there. I think it's stuff that makes your brain go, Oh, okay. This is different. This is interesting. They, they grabbed my attention. And because of that, I think this is one where they put in just enough elements to make the song stand out. With that said, I do really wish that this album and every Rida's album was a six-song EP with just the best tracks, the ones that have the most character, and none of the other shit that just is doing it to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, yeah. I, I think Boondocks gives his best verse on the album right at the top of this one. Good cadence, good flow, uh, does some interesting stuff. Because of those things, I do think this is a decent track on this album. If this was one of the six songs on the EP, you wouldn't go boring. You'd go, oh, yeah, this is fine. This is cool. Yeah, I mean, I I think you're right. I I would say that uh, because, I mean, the song is good. I I like the hook. It just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to make it stand out after listening to four, five tracks in a row of stuff that wasn't incredibly interesting. If you buy a dozen donuts and you decide you're going to eat all of those donuts at one sitting, the first right. one you're going to go, this is a good donut. Maybe even the second, possibly even the third. But by the time you get to the ninth one or the 12th one, you're not going, this donut is gross, but you are not enjoying it the way you did the first one or two. Oh, you're right. Absolutely. If this was a six song EP, I would I would not mind at all yeah. for Sound the Alarm to be to be on one of those six songs. Right. As long in as fact, the other songs are interesting. Put in fact, put put Sound the Alarm uh as track six on this album uh and shift everything down one and the first six, there there's your six song EP. You could do that for sure, yeah. Everything everything else, goodbye. The, it's the placement on the album that's making me probably critical on it. Uh honestly. Uh, but hey, let's go ahead and uh, move on to the next song, and that is track number 12, song called Dirty Money. Uh, the original beat is Big Shit Poppin' Do It uh, by Texas Instruments, T.I. <laughs> Atlanta 2007 is yeah. a theme, and, and we're back at it. I wonder, uh, I wonder how the Atlanta scene felt in 2007 when uh, so many of the tracks on this album that came out in 2007 were biting their new songs. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I know yeah. all of this, like listening to this now, I'm like, Oh, these are all like, they're, they're ripping classic songs. But back then it's like, Oh, half of this album is new songs. <laughs> TI's like, I fucking dropped that song this year, man. You're going to rip it off this year. Come on yeah, for real. But I, so Jay's verse at the beginning is extra stupid because he has a line that says, my money is dirty like some hooker ass, filthy and infected. And I was like, oh, no, that's disgusting. I, I retched. Yeah, I hate I it. I retched when I heard it the first time. Um, this track is about gang stuff, but this time it's mostly focused on how they get their money. Uh, again, we get some sugar slam in this, and I think her parts work really well and add some interest, just enough interest to keep the track from fully blending into the rest of the album and being completely forgettable. With that said, 
It's still kind of a forgettable track. It's not a great song, but it's better than some of the other ones. Uh, this beat is a weird beat to me because it's definitely a TI beat, but the pianos and like sort of jazzy guitar solos going on, very strange. Uh, what were your thoughts? I labeled this song the hooker ass song uh, <laughs> on my notes so that whenever I would go and listen to it in subsequent listens, I can ready myself a little bit. Be prepared. For um, it. Yeah, just be prepared. Be prepared. Move on. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. No, wait. No, I, that, that the song. Okay. Be prepared is a song from Mulan, I believe. But I was, I sung it to the tune of be a man. I'll make Check a man out of you. That's what you're singing it like. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 I was singing. Uh, I'll make a man out of you. Yes. To the tune of I'll make, I'll make a man on you, but I'm pretty sure. Be Prepared is also a Mulan song. Or it could be from Lion King, or it could be from Pocahontas, or any of those Disney movies of that era. It really could have. So let's talk Dirty Money. Let's. The beat, I feel like, was weird. And I knew I knew it was a T.I. beat, but it still just kind of felt a little out, out of place. After relaxing my heart rate after Jay's part of the song in the very beginning, <laughs> I just kind of sit there and let the rest of it happen to me because there's not really much to say about it. It's kind of, it's there. It's, you know, it's a song. You're right about how they get their money. Yes. And all that. I mean, it's, it's there. It exists. I'm so bored at this point. Very cool. Perfect. Well, let's move on to the final song. This is track 13. This song is called born the number two ride. Uh, the original beat is taken from the song Knuck If You Buck by Crime Mob featuring Lil Scrappy, another Atlanta group. This song was dropped in 2004. Uh, I remember this song, Knuck If You Buck. This was a relatively big hit, so another pretty well-known beat. What were your thoughts on this one? Uh, yes, I am I am familiar with Knuckle If You Buckle, mm -hmm. and uh, I think they did a good, good... I mean, the beat's cool. I think they did a good job with the beat. Uh, they do this intro here that uh, was a little confusing to me. I want to I want to ask your thoughts on it. Yeah. And that is this it, re recounting a story of when I was little. I used to look, you know, look to my father and say, how come the other coconuts got fuzz on them? And I don't. And then, of course, you know, that means why doesn't why doesn't my balls have hair? I, you would think uh, that. But then when he continues talking, you're but, like, wait, yeah. what? No. What are you talking about? Yeah, and so then he said, well, son, one day you'll grow up and be fuzzy like the rest of the coconuts. He says, I don't necessarily want to be fuzzy. I want to ride like the motherfucking ride as motherfucker. I'm just like, what? where does that correlate? Yeah, no, I don't get it, it at was, all. It was confusing to me. I want to know what they were thinking on that intro because whatever the, the setup and the punchline didn't. They're from two different jokes, I feel like. it. Re, you know what it reminded two me of? Bits. It reminded me of, you know, that I, you remember that Busta Rhymes song, Give Me Some More? And at the beginning, oh, yeah, it's got that sample from Psycho. And he is he's he's doing just like this. He's kind of like talking an intro that has nothing to do with the song. But what he's saying, I've always felt like it doesn't make sense because he says something like. Yeah, when I was a kid, I was playing outside and I fell down and bumped my head. And somebody asked me, did you bump your head? And I said, yeah. And they were like, oh, you're going to flip it on me? You're going to switch it on them? And I said, yeah, flip mode is the greatest. 
<laughs> and if if I ain't going to be part of the greatest, I have to be the greatest myself. And I'm like, what? How does the first half of that story have anything to do with the second half? And this asking about the coconuts and wanting to be a rider again, I don't understand what anything has to do with anything. Yeah, it's you're right. It's 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 the same situation. Yeah, but it is again. God. Sweet Daddy Coconut is back on this track. Oh, true, true. Uh, so okay, so this song "Born to Ride" obviously from the name, it's about you know being born to do this shit. Verse one, one hundred percent starts off and and shows you that progression. Uh, you're born, got slapped in the on the ass, so you pulled out a forty four and. Chop that fucking doctor in half with a hell yeah 44 yeah uh then turned 11 got a ski mask 12th birthday got an ak-47 born for this shit right born for this shit i think that the beat is cool i think that the flows are well done they do this well but they're so one note that it bores you right and this is very much so all the elements that they have make a good song, but the circumstances of the song, where it is on the album, why they made it, all just bring it down to be forgettable. You know what I mean? Kinda. Yeah. I. I, I mean, so the only things that stand out is you've got that sweet daddy coconut intro and outro, which don't add yeah. a lot to the song. They're kind of weird. I, I will say, and I'm not hung up on Monoxide on this album for any specific reason, but his verse at the top, you're right, fucking rips. That's the best overall verse on this entire album to me. The one that you just oh, read. Yeah. Uh, I think, oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that was that was a great verse. Uh, yeah. I was, I, I mean, it's it stood out to me to the point where I wrote down half of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, the, uh, the hook did nothing for me. Most of the verses were just fine. I liked the theme, though, because they were all about, like, literally from birth, like growing up and being like, Hey, I was always meant to be a writer. And I was like, Oh, okay. So there's a little bit of interest here. It's not a great track. It's certainly not the worst one. Again, if this was the last song on a six song EP, you would go, that's fucking great. That's a great song. Oh yeah. So I would say so. Yeah. yeah that's what's I got. All right. Well, Hey, that's the album. And we were bored throughout the back half <laughs> throughout a but, lot of it. You know, we got to talk about our overall thoughts. And I, I think that we've kind of tipped our hand here a little bit because yeah. we, we've, we've talked about this a lot and this is the the same for uh, pretty much everything ride is that we've listened to, right? They execute things. Well, everything they do is pretty good. There's not a lot on this album that I can point to and say, that's bad. That sucks but there's not enough on this album to point to, to say that really stands out to justify having 13 songs, most of which all about the same thing. You know, my overall thoughts are duck to fuck down is a good album. It's too long. And I really think, I mean, it's a, it's an album. I wouldn't mind if I, if I sat here and, and put it on in the background. Yeah, because there's nothing like there's nothing bad that would make me snap to attention and go like, oh, my God, what the heck was that? But there's nothing so good that I'm like, oh, I got to stop doing what I'm doing right here on my computer to listen to this. That was great. You know, it's a background. Put it on while you're doing other shit, while you're doing things. I could see that or riding in the car or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What were your overall thoughts? Well, I'll say this. 
We are six Rida's releases down and only two more to go. Then we are free of the Rida's burden. And that feels pretty good. It's not a two more. No. Stop. I, I can't help but feel like we've done this all before. Like, what can I say that we haven't already said? They're super talented MCs. Everything they're doing here sounds pretty good. But lyrically, very little of it is interesting to me. With that said, this is probably the best Ridas album so far, I think. Uh, I, I think most of that is due to the fact that I think they vibe with these beats really well. And even if it's just basically another Ridas album, there are enough beat change-up, just enough interesting things to keep your attention a little better than the last album. I didn't come out of it feeling as drained and annoyed by it as I did when we reviewed the last one. So that's good. I'm also very glad that they dropped most of the pimping and mugging themes that were so prevalent on the last album. But that does make for an album almost fully focused on shooting people with a few exceptions here and there. So it's, it's equally less of the stuff I don't want and also more of the stuff I don't want. Uh, (laughs) Those are my thoughts. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And honestly, you're right. Thinking back to the last Ride's album that we uh, reviewed, I remember being pissed off. Yes, like towards the end, like fucking mad. Uh, and and I'm not I'm not nearly as mad this time, but I'm still like, God, I have to do this two more times. I really hope that they're a little bit different. Not to say I'm not going to enjoy, because again, this shit isn't bad. It's just. When you put it together in success in succession, rapid fire, it's uninteresting and it's it, it's boring and it makes you think I could be doing other things. Exactly. You know what I mean? Well, it makes less less than it, I could be doing other things. It makes me think they should be doing other things. Oh, also, yeah. Also, they should be doing other things. <laughs> yes. We're in the post deck era. Maybe focus a little bit more energy on that stuff retrospectively than you did on this. Yeah. Not to say uh, if you put this type of energy towards that, it would have added much, but it would have added some. I mean, you're right. I, th- I think uh, that Lil Rida's song, I think I, w- I would enjoy that song a bunch if it was a fully fleshed out I- ICP song. Yeah. Here's a question for you. If they had done the first Rida's album in 1999, then never did another Rida's album again until this one dropped out of the blue and they were like, return to the Rida's, would you feel different about this album? I think I would, because this is them ripping off a new era. Yeah, and it doesn't you feel, know what I mean? it wouldn't feel like more of what we've heard on the last couple of releases. Correct. Yeah, no, this would feel new. This would feel new and fresh if there wasn't two releases between this one and the original one. Yeah. I think. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Sick. Should we get to our scores? Uh, well, before that, we, we got to do our personal favorite tracks. We got to do our first. I ha- yeah, we I have one. I have one standout that I love. Okay. I do too. But I also have others that I feel like I could put in there i think i have two standouts that i really liked and one that i thought would be okay okay well what is your why don't we stay say the name of our standout on three? Oh, i know that? they're not the same a hundred percent i know they're not all right let's do it on go after three okay negative three negative two negative one zero one two three 
Good. My Little Riders. Duck the fuck down. Damn. My yeah. goodness. My Little Riders was my favorite track. Duck the fuck down is my number two. Let's put them on there then, huh? What was your second one? Um, Honestly, I was going to say Bandanas. I really oh. enjoyed Bandanas. Okay. Well, um, My Little Riders and Duck the fuck down are the choices. I think this is a good representation from this album. I think it These is. Two. Yeah. Okay. Now it is time to talk about our Fago scores. And... We actually have huge news for you today. If you're still with us, after all of this, we have huge news. We are changing Eric, I'll let you talk about it. We have a brand new score. Because we we very rarely talk skits and interludes. We'll keep that in there if we ever get an album that's got a lot of them. But we pretty much don't use skits and interludes anymore. What we're doing is we're adding in a new score category called re-listen ability this one was suggested by rob uh and uh, as soon as we heard it we both were like oh intriguing idea basically we are scoring this album on how likely are we to come back and listen to it again after having done this review correct but when rob okay so rob suggested this in the uh the patron only uh chat in the uh the discord the fish and grits cord um, so, uh, that's why nobody else knows that this happened yet. Yeah. Because only, that is, that yeah. is the, it's a secret. The secret, secret channel that just, uh, is me, Eric and Rob, but, uh, yeah, great idea, Rob. Thank you so much for the, uh, the, the idea. I think, uh, yeah, I, th- I think as soon as you said, it, I was like, my God, that is why, why didn't we think of that? That is right. perfect. It's like, uh, uh that is a when, you, when you read. I don't, I don't think they still do it, but some of the video game reviewers used to do a replayability score. Like, hey, yeah, once you're done yeah, with the yeah. game, is there any value in going back to play it again? And I, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So definitely. Uh, so we're at we're peppering that one in today uh, and it will be in for uh, as long as we want forever. So let's go and start with music and beats. Obviously, this is a weird one for riders because it's none of their stuff, but yeah. I like to judge their choices. Right. So as far as music and beats goes, I loved their choices. I knew that this score was going to be high for me because this is a very nostalgic era for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Even, even if the, you know, even the songs that I don't necessarily recognize the beats from, they still feel familiar to me. That being said, when you pick beats like uh, knuck, if you buck, which is, was very popular. Mm hmm. And back that ass up, which was incredibly popular, it's still popular, um, and still popular. Yeah, it's it's when you pick those. That's when you kind of back yourself into a corner and give yourself a difficult task that you didn't have to give yourself. Yes, you know what I mean. That being said, I went with a three and a half for music and beats. I think they had a lot of great choices. They had some not so great choices. Uh, but overall, I really enjoyed the music and beats because it felt very nostalgic to me. So that might be a little bit of an inflated score because of my personal nostalgic experience. But this is also my personal score. So uh, fuck you guys. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Get fucked. You know, I feel like on the first couple of releases, they were literally just grabbing any instrumental beat they could find. And it made for a very 
slap together random. And I think that worked really well for that first album because there was a dynamic of it that was supposed to feel like, Hey, we jacked these beats and it's funny. This is the first time that felt like they chose beats a little more deliberately because there is a, a sort of theme and tone to it. And again, I don't know if boondocks joined the team and they were like, Hey man, we're going to do riders. What have you got? And he pulled out his his CD booklet and he was like, well, I've got singles for all these Southern rappers that I like and, and there's instrumentals. And they were like, all right, good, let's use those. But it does feel like they were a little more deliberate about choosing them. Uh, they went with some huge, well-known hits. They went with some incredibly underground and unknown tracks and artists. I think that dynamic is cool. I think they chose the beats well. I think going with more contemporary beats for their time worked really well. The three beats that felt mostly out of place were the ones that were like LA rappers and stuff that, you know, just kind of, although they felt of that era, the ones that felt a little less consistent, but I went with a three. Okay. Good. uh, Good, good scores. Good scores so far. Yeah. Uh, So lyrics and flows. Um, Eric, I'm gonna let you start, start off with this one. Lyrics and flows. What you got? I think. The flows and cadences and even their lyrics were all adequate, uh, even good throughout the whole album for the most part. There was a few places, especially where Violent J struggled to feel on brand and was doing just Violent J shit. But that's always been part of the dynamic, less so than on the early albums, but mostly boring. I thought like they didn't do a lot that really grabbed my attention. However, there were just enough interesting things to keep this from being a middling like 2.5 score. I think this is one of the stronger Rida's showings for an album. I went with a 3.5. Hell yeah. Uh, with lyrics and flows for me, I think that, uh, you know, I liked pretty much everything that they did. Although nothing was like super like stand out like, oh my God, that was insane. You know, obviously uh, that first verse in, in Born to Ride was really good. And and we both sort of agreed on that. Um, I don't think that there was anything amazing, but there wasn't anything so awful. And bo- even when I say that I was bored during songs, it's not because I was bored musically. I was bored thematically. Yes. And I yeah. guess I was bored. I was bored. Okay. I wasn't bored musically. I was bored sonically and thematically. Sonically, because uh, these are all, they s- just sound the same uh, at the core level because it's the same type of beat, same type, you know, same people yes. rapping on it, same blah, blah, blah. Uh, but musically, individually on these songs, they did good things, overwhelmingly good things. Uh, so on, uh, I, I went ahead and went with a three actually on, on lyrics and flows, but I, I, I mean, better than average. Yeah. I think that's about right. My score might have been a little bit high for what it was, but uh, if you isolate any element of what they're doing, you would go, this is objectively pretty well done, even if it's not particularly interesting. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Well, so then let's go ahead and move on then to uh, the new category, and that is re-listenability. Again, thank you, Rob. Uh, I'll go ahead and start. Here's the deal. My re-listenability is low because of how boring this album is. If I had a playlist of 
six to seven songs on this album. Seven might be pushing it. If I had a playlist of six to seven songs on this album and, and, and I could listen to that, my listenability would be way up. But it's because of all the extra fluff and unneeded stuff that my real listenability is going to be low, low on this one because I don't want to listen through all that shit, right? Yeah. There's good stuff in here individually. Most all these songs are fine, but I can't, I can't go back and li- I'm not I'm probably not going to, I gave it a two. I gave it a two. Uh, wow. I, I thought long and hard about it. I thought long and hard about it because I thought this might bring down drastically bring down the overall score of this album, which is in all fairness, a decent album, but also re-listenability is a huge part of what makes an album good. And if you listen to an album once and think, yep, I heard that once, never need to hear that again. That, that doesn't make for a very good album, you know? No, not really. So I gave it a two. All right. Yeah. This was a tough score for me because I would not go back and listen to this whole album. I probably, if this was a six or seven song EP with the songs I like the best, I'd probably go back and listen to it um, mm. and listen to the whole thing. With that said, it is not that. So there are, I would say, maybe three tracks on this album that I liked enough that I would come back and listen to them specifically for those tracks. I, I think that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know? three or four songs on an album that you actually like that you'll come back and listen to. That's not a huge failure. Uh I went with a 2.5 on this one. I put it right in the middle because there, there's a, there are things that I'd come back and listen to. There are other things that I would be uh, willing to hear if they came up in a mix or something, but there's also enough stuff that I just simply couldn't be bothered to listen to. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a fair score. Yeah. Um, Let's go ahead and, uh, Pop over to overall vibe, Eric. Uh, what, what do you got for overall vibe? I think this album has a consistent vibe, but it, it's going to lose a point for me because I think this vibe is pretty tired. And I think as you get deeper into the album, you're like, okay, all right. We've done this before, not only in the past on other albums, but on this album, it starts to feel like we're hearing more of the same. So I right. went with... I. I can't, I can't knock it. What they set out to do, they did. I wish it was more fun and interesting throughout the whole album, which again, they did better on this album than previous ones. I gave it an overall vibe of a three. Okay. Yeah. I think, uh, as far as my score goes, this, they did, they set out to do something and they did it and they did it decently you know like i said there's not a lot of bad on this album and i think the vibe especially at the time uh jacking uh the newer beats uh, i can only imagine maybe how relevant it made them seem back then because obviously now you know think about it listen listening to it now uh i listened to we listened to three albums of them jacking older beats and then this album of them at this point in, in, in 2021, still jacking just slightly less older beats. Most, you know what I mean? But I can only imagine that at the time this felt and the vibe of this felt newer and fresh because they were jacking beats that were as recent as that same year or two years old, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, the the oldest one being 1990. That's like five years old, right? Seven. Um. Eight, whatever. Eight. Years so old. yeah, I guess I guess eight years old. Yeah, yeah, eight years old. Um. So I can only imagine that it was. It, it, this felt very different to people that have been following the riders since the beginning and it, it felt updated. So I can, I can, I can appreciate that. Uh, I, I ended up giving the overall vibe a three uh, because they did what they did pretty well. It's different enough. You know, like you said, if, if, if you delete the middle two albums and you just listen to the first one and then this one, it progresses, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right. So that brings us out to an overall score of 2.9375. That's a three Fago album. Okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah. That's, it's fair. That's solid. That's fair. Yeah. I, I, I hope you guys enjoy that. And I hope we did you proud. <laughs> please don't yell at us well, feel i don't want to have to us. do a revisit on this one uh, no i don't want to revisit this one I, I, I would rather not revisit this i wouldn't one. be shocked if this is a favorite riders album though yeah i could see that yeah well hey that was the episode it was we took last week off we hope everybody had a great thanksgiving uh we're into the holiday season now we are and uh, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. Next, Next week. week, we are reviewing. And this one, by the way, is highly anticipated by me. I'm very excited about this one. Same. I've heard great things. I'm going into it with some expectations. And maybe it'll ruin it for me. Maybe it won't. But next week, we're reviewing Dark Lotus's 2008 album, The Opaque Brotherhood. Mm, I've been waiting for this one. This one's going to be good. I'm very excited for this one. Uh, I can't wait for it to get here. Until then, though, Eric, where can people find us? Well, you can find us in a lot of places. First and foremost, you can find us on our Discord. There's a lot of conversation going on in there, even if you're not talking directly to us, although if you if you tag us, we will. Uh, but there's a lot of people talking about all kinds of stuff, Juggalo-related and not in there. It's a great time. Uh, but you can find the link in the description of this episode. You can also find us on social media, on Twitter and on Instagram. You can just look up at ICPWWE. You can follow us. You can like our posts. You can send us messages, do all that stuff. If you're more of an email type ninja, you can email us. Our email address is ICPWWE at gmail.com. Aaron, where can people find you and how can they support this podcast? If you'd like to find me, you can find all of my stuff at my website, uh, which actually I got a new domain. Oh. Um, I still I still have AaronLockler.com, uh, and I'm still going to own that one. But uh, I transferred my website to GristleMedia.com uh, to be more consistent, consistent across the yeah. board. So you can find me and all of my stuff, my socials, uh, as well as links to my uh, online portfolio my uh, Etsy page where I sell original and commissioned art and my Twitch channel where I stream four times a week. You can find all of that at www.gristlemedia.com. Woo woo. All wrapped woo. up in a little bundle. But hey, if you also are thinking like, 
these guys are great. I want to take a logo of theirs and, and, and brandish it across my chest. You can do so by going to our merch store, storefrontier.com slash ICPWWE is where you can find great merch from us. Uh, you can rep your favorite podcast and uh, have a great time explaining to people what your shirt says. Uh, if you'd also like to uh, maybe have some extra perks, some added content, some great stuff, uh, while also supporting us financially while we put out this show, um, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash ICPWWE. We have three amazing tiers that uh, will give you some extra bonus stuff from us while also uh, helping support the pod in that way. So and, check it out. And also, we just reworked our Patreon tiers to make them uh, easier for you and more affordable for you to help support us. Uh, and and so if, even if you've checked it out before, go take a look again. There might be there might be a, a tier that you feel comfortable supporting now that you weren't comfortable before, and we'd appreciate it. Absolutely. Big shout out to our ICP with We Family level patron Rob. Hugs and kisses. That's it. That's our episode. All right. Well, hey, Eric, thank you for hanging with me today. Thank you. Uh, it, this this was fun. It was fun. And guys, everybody out there, all the juggalos out there, hit us up and let us know. Would you rather get your dick sucked by someone who sucked 10,000 dicks for one hour apiece? Or someone who sucked one dick for 10,000 hours. Uh, same ap know. applies to uh, women out there. It's vice versa. This is, this oh, is yeah. non-gender specific. Yeah, no, no. When I say dick, I mean in the gender neutral term of the word. Dicks right. or vaginas. Right, absolutely. Um, everybody let us know. Would you rather get fellatioed upon, which I believe is a correct term. Yeah, yeah fellatioed, um, <laughs> yes. Would you rather get fellatioed upon by somebody who's fellatioed upon some uh, person? One individual for 10,000 One individual hours. for 10,000 hours or 10,000 individuals for 10,000 or for one for oh, Jesus Christ. 10,000 individuals <laughs> for 10,000 hours each. Let us know. Let us Goodbye. know. Goodbye. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Good night, Rocky. Night, Tum Tum. Night, Cole. Good night. Choked on a jelly bean.